Hi, babes. Welcome to The Pleasure Portal, a podcast for women desiring to embody their fierce, wild, feminine magic, reclaim their deepest soul desires, and unleash the passion, pleasure, and fulfillment they know in their bones is their birthright. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant, a love, intimacy, and relationship educator and pleasure alchemist. I'm curious, has your pleasure ever been on the back burner? Have you ever felt like your pleasure doesn't matter? Have you experienced your feminine power being minimized, ignored, or suppressed? If so, this is the place for you. Because in this podcast, we're writing a whole new story together. We're a community of fierce femmes who are done with the binds of repression. We're the women who desire a pleasurable sex life, sacred connection with ourselves, and intimate partnership with another without having to give up or hide parts of who we are. We're the modern witches who until now have had to hide or suppress our sacred gifts. Together, we're unhooking from the binds that mute our greatest expression. We're dialing up that turn on full tilt. We're creating right relationship with our emotions, our power, our enchantment alchemy, and our womb wisdom. Each episode, I'll bring to you a mix of pleasure alchemy, embodiment education, love, sex, and relationship insights, and ultimately an invitation home to your fierce feminine magic. We are reclaiming it all. Down and in we go. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode two of The Pleasure Portal. Today, we're going to be talking about coping during a pandemic and finding ease where we can. So it is no shocker to anyone listening that this year has been such a doozy. And we really can't talk about pleasure as a portal if we're, you know, tuning out reality, if we're not willing to address reality. Because cultivating a pleasurable life, cultivating pleasure as a portal, isn't the denial of hard, uncomfortable, or challenging circumstances. It's the embracing of reality, calling out what we're really feeling, and making room for it all so that we can create more ease and flow in our experiences, both internally in our body and externally in our life and in our relationships. So we really have to, you know, be gentle with ourselves and acknowledge that this has been a really tough year for a lot of people, regardless of where you are in your journey. Like it's, it's been tough to adapt. And for some people, it has been a really, really hard year. And when we deny the reality of that, we create separation and distance and, it can be really shaming for a lot of people to feel like they're doing it wrong and that they should somehow be, you know, at a different place than where they're, they're currently at. And that, that's not what we're about here. We're not going to do that here (laughs) at all. We are going to create space for all of it to be welcomed home. And one of the places that I wanted to begin today was talking about our coping mechanisms because a lot of the time these coping mechanisms they get a lot of shit you know a lot of shame gets projected onto coping mechanisms as though they are something bad or something wrong or something that we should try and avoid at all costs but the thing is we have coping mechanisms for a good reason they (laughs) they're there to support us in surviving 
what our system perceives as a threatening situation or experience. And 2020, by all means, has been a pretty intense portal for everyone. And there have been pockets of the year, maybe the year in its entirety, that have felt really scary for people. And when we have a year that is constantly bombarding us with fear and tension and change and you know, drumming all of that up, it is so, so normal to have your regular go-to coping mechanisms. And I know it can be really easy to slip into self-judgment about that. Because we see, you know, the highlight reel of certain people's experiences on social media, or we hear stories about different places on the planet where, you know, just life is a little bit different. And that can be a a really intense pocket if we're comparing our experience to theirs. And usually when we compare our experiences to other people, we don't do so in a positive way. We do so in a way that negatively impacts us. And that's why comparison is often considered the thief of joy because we compare in a way that disempowers us. We compare in a way that shames our own experience or shames our body or shames our mind or shames our emotions or shames just our basic experiences in life. And that is really not going to be supportive in terms of cultivate cultivating a not only pleasurable life but a relationship with your body where you feel safe and comfortable to be inside of that and so we first things first we want to remove this negative lens that we see coping mechanisms through and we want to replace it with a more expanded and empowered viewpoint So instead of judging ourselves for how we're coping, let's acknowledge that our coping mechanisms are keeping us alive and allowing us to survive a global pandemic. This is a really fucked up point in history. Like shit is real crazy. It's unprecedented stress, not only on your body, on your relationships, potentially on your bank account, on your, your work, like there, there's so many stresses and it's hitting every single area of life for a lot of people. And so we have these support systems, AKA our coping mechanisms that are allowing us to, you know, exist in this crazy, crazy time. And it's ensuring that we live to see another day and that we can keep showing up to life. And for a lot of people, myself included, coping mechanisms really provide a little breath of relief, like a, a little bit of space to breathe and a little bit of a checkout of the crazy bombarding of intensity that's happening for so many so often. And so it's really, really, really okay if old coping mechanisms have popped up and that you're leaning on them more than usual. That's so normal. It's so okay. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with falling into these creature comforts or these pockets where we we feel a little bit more supported than we did 30 seconds ago. Like this is how you're intelligent system 
is reading the situation of like, ooh, there's a potential threat here. Like this is unprecedented stress. We need to go into, you know, survival mode. We need to ensure that we live to see another day. And this is a very incredible part of what it means to be human. Like our human system is going to try every single thing it can to keep you safe and keep you living. And so sometimes our coping mechanisms fall into this category of like, hey, you know, we, we're going through a tough time here. Let's recognize that. And where, where it gets a little tricky is when we go into these coping mechanisms and we don't recognize that, hey, there's a good reason why I'm, I'm kind of leaning on this uh, coping me- mechanism at this point in time. And that reason is because life is really stressful for me right now. Life is really hard. There's a lot of difficult emotions, circumstances, situations that I'm dealing with that is very difficult. And I am actively going to choose to do this because I know it's going to bring me comfort. So that's, you know, ideally where we'd want to keep the pocket. But sometimes what happens is we go into more of an unconscious cycle where we're not doing that additional awareness inventory where we're recognizing that there's a reason why we're slipping into these behaviors or even just having recognition that we are slipping into a coping mechanism. And so I'm hoping that this conversation just brings that into the forefront so that instead of, you know, shaming ourselves when we realize like, oh, for the last five days, all I've done is watch Netflix and we go down this shame spiral, instead of that, we are really, really entering this element of conscious choice. So I recognize that things are hard. And if we can identify what it is that we are experiencing or feeling, even if we just have the language of like, I'm feeling tension in my chest, or I'm feeling my stomach is flipping, and it feels really uneasy, or I can't really feel my feet. And but I can feel my fingers or like there's a a heaviness or a weight to my shoulders. So if we do a quick little body scan and we just notice like what is active, what is alive in our body. And then once we get comfortable just identifying physical sensations in the body, then we can go another layer deeper and start to identify the emotional experiences that we might be having. So learning a more expansive emotional language and repertoire, which we are going to get into in future episodes. So stay tuned for that, because I think it's so important that if we're going to create not only a pleasure portal, a pleasurable life, expansive relationships, fulfilling connection to self and other, that we need to have the language to be able to communicate our needs and our boundaries and our feelings. And for a lot of us, we did not receive that education in school and we did not receive that education in our family systems or in our environments growing up. And so it can be difficult as an adult to express what it is that we're emoting or what it is that we're feeling. And so we want to start expanding our language around that so that we can first connect in what is the physical sensation that I'm experiencing and what is the emotion that is going on in my system. 
And then from there, we can go up into the mind, like what is the narrative or the story that I am telling myself about the physical sensation and the emotional experience that I'm having. So we kind of piece it together slowly. So we really want to start with the body and getting attuned into the body. And once we have a little bit more space to just even call out what is going on somatically in the system, then we have, you know, stretched open our awareness just to the point where we can recognize that I am in discomfort. And, you know, I know that there are a bazillion things that I could be doing to relieve this discomfort. And I'm actively going to choose to do this thing which might be your coping mechanism to relieve some of the pressure, to relieve some of the stress, to relieve some of the tension that is in my body. And so what happens when we start bringing more intention and choice into the matter, we don't fall into these patterns and we get stuck in them and then spiral into shame as often. What we end up experiencing as we practice this over time, like this is not you know something that you need to be an expert in right away, we are gentle with our system and we're gentle with the process because this process is intense and getting to know ourselves and the inner workings of our body when for a lot of us we've been living from the neck up like we're not always super connected into the body and so when we start to really establish a new relationship with the body It'll take some time for this to feel natural, for it to feel more normal, to relate to yourself in this way, to have this habit be part of your process. So that if we, and like for me, I freaking love chips. So if I'm going to eat a bag of chips, like I'm going to bring some intention to that. I'm going to say, hey, this is what's going on in my system. This is what I'm experiencing. And this is the emotion that I can identify. And this is the story I'm telling myself about it. And my choice in this moment is to eat this bag of chips because it's going to bring me delight. It's going to bring me joy and a little bit of relief. And what I've noticed when I start to really work a process like this is that instead of eating maybe the full bag of chips in one sitting, I will stop when I'm full because there is more of a connection to my body than there was before where I was just, you know, eating to numb out a certain feeling or experience that I was having. So it starts to support us in like, yeah, we can use the chips or the ice cream or, you know, the Netflix or whatever it is. And there's also still remaining a connection to what is so within your body and within your system. So we start to develop a, a healthier dance with these parts of ourselves, which is so, so important because nothing is more challenging than you know utilizing a, a, a coping mechanism because you're in a state of stress and anxiety and then having shame pop up and be like, wow, you are a turd of a human, like you are horrible, you're the worst, I can't believe you did that. And we talk to ourselves like this all the time, like we are our own worst bullies a lot of the time. And if we said those things out loud, like people would be appalled. And we definitely wouldn't talk to our friends that way, or our family members that way, or people that we love that way. And so 
it's important that we start to relate to ourselves as someone who is also worthy of that care and devotion and intentionality and love. And so by bringing more of this intentionality to when we're in a coping mechanism, why we're using it, so what's going on in the system, and then noticing when, okay, I've, I've filled up, I'm a little bit more nourished, and okay, I can, I can be with my reality a little bit more. So we really want to start playing with this in a new way. Because when shame comes, it really takes us out. And then, you know, if, if that does happen, again, that's very, very normal. This has happened to me so many times, even in the pandemic, even after doing work on myself for well over a decade. And, you know, there's still those moments where I catch myself in the narrative of the collective, which is this very, you know, shaming and judgmental narrative. And I catch it and I'm like, ah, yikes, that hurts. Yuck. Mm." And once I become aware of it, then I'm actually starting to untangle from it. But in the moment that I'm caught in the shame spiral, like I'm not necessarily aware that I'm in the shame spiral until I am. So if that is where you find yourself and that's where you're experiencing reality in your life right now, please know that you're not alone and that you're so normal. And this is a very, very uh, familiar thing for a lot of people. And it's just a matter of the second we become aware of where we're at, what we're doing, um, maybe what sensations are going on or what experiences we're having. It's the moment of awareness that we can actually make a different choice because up until that point, most of our behavior is, you know, run from the unconscious mind. So we might not catch it all the time, especially if the awareness body practice is new. And if shame has been a really intense, you know, bully in your life up until this point, it might take a little bit of time to kind of get in the groove of catching these moments before they happen. But then we get into a groove of catching them when they do happen. And all of that is normal and all of it belongs. And so when we start to just create a little bit more awareness and, oh, I just noticed that I was talking shit to myself that I was putting myself down. Hold on, let me just take a pause. Is that true? Like, is that true that I'm a piece of shit? No, it's not. And the second we have the awareness come back online, then we can challenge the validity of the shame thought. We can challenge the validity of the inner bully, which then gives us a little bit more space to then come back to the body. So once the awareness is there, we come back into the body. Okay, so what sensations can I pick up? What am I experiencing somatically or sensory in my body right now? Sometimes that won't even be available. So if that's not available, start with orienting yourself in your space. Wherever you are, notice what's around you. What can you see? What can you smell? What can you touch? What can you hear? So that that helps us come back into the present moment, wherever we're orienting in space in that moment, it can help us ground. And from there, then we can do the body scan. What sensations are going on? Where am I experiencing sensation in my body? And then are there emotions that are present that are swirling? And what is the mental narrative? 
And then once we've kind of gone through that process, then what do I choose? What would be most nourishing for me right now? And you might find what would be most nourishing is having a glass of wine, having a bath, and watching a movie on Netflix. That actually might be the most nourishing thing for you in that moment. Other times it might be to do a meditation or to just lay on your floor and stare up at the wall and listen to your favorite album. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's eating the bag of chips. Maybe it's getting your favorite ice cream and enjoying it and savoring each each bite. There's so many ways. And then we can start to use some of the things that used to be these old coping mechanisms and we can keep them, we can introduce them, we can experience them through a new, more empowered, expansive and accepting lens, which is far more beneficial to your system and creating a little bit more resilience, a little bit more capacity and just a little bit more love for you because we're going through a really hard time right now and we're about to enter into the holiday season which you know for a lot of people just in general the holiday season can be tough and then we throw on a pandemic on top of that like it's it's an, an intense time it's normal to feel lonely it's normal to feel nostalgic and sad and have all of this material start to surface around the holidays. So I really want to ensure that you have a couple tools to help navigate through those really muddy waters sometimes. And so we can now move into like this next phase of like, all right, now that I have this, this initial tool, now I can start to create more honesty with myself and my reality. Because ultimately, when we are in a spiral, we're also disconnected, generally speaking, from reality. So we're making up stories about reality. We are believing our interpretations of reality. We're believing our interpretations of what we hear or what we see or what we experience, which sometimes those might be accurate. Sometimes they might be distorted. It really depends where we're at in our level of presence, where we're at in terms of our emotional well-being. Sometimes it really comes down to like, did you have enough water? Did you get a good enough sleep? And if we don't get a good night's sleep or if we're not really well nourished or hydrated, sometimes what we perceive can be quite distorted. And so we, we want to make sure that we're connecting into the reality and being able to own and tell the truth on ourselves to ourselves. So, you know, for myself during this pandemic, it's, uh, it's been a wild, wild ride. And there have been pockets of this year where I absolutely have relied more on my favorite crunchy snacks, my, my chips. I freaking love chips. I will always love them. I'm never going to not love them. This is a fact about me. You should probably know. And, you know, there has been wine, there's been whiskey, there's been weed gummies, like, and these are all things, Netflix, um, that have been used to, at times, really kind of give me a little bit of buffer room, give me a little bit of a disconnect from the intensity of reality. And, you know, the pandemic, a breakup, like, you know, there's been you know, two deaths in my family and two deaths within my, you know, additional so social circle this year. And so like, 
four people that I personally know and love have left the planet this year. And that's, you know, grief from loss and death is intense. And then we have, you know, the ending of my relationship and the pandemic and all of these elements kind of dancing together in this big cosmic soup right now. And so there has just been this new level of grace that's come through in terms of really loving myself through whatever it is I'm choosing because sometimes I am so overwhelmed with the world and what's happening and then overwhelmed with just what's happening in my own personal ecosystem that I'm like fuck it it is a Netflix and red wine night and I'm, I'm not doing anything else and I'm gonna numb out a little bit Um, or I'm going to eat these chips and like crunch away my anger, (laughs) or I'm going to have these sweets. I'm not a big like sugar fiend, but, um, there I have been more so this year because my body is craving sweetness that I would normally derive from, you know, other things that I'd be out doing and out experiencing in life. And so there's always a good reason why our coping mechanism is what it is. And so, the invitation here is to choose the ones that are, you know, you know, potentially less harmful, you know, in terms of their impact on your physical vessel, your emotional well-being, your mental well-being, and then bring a lot more intentionality into the ways in which we're using them or the ways in which we're choosing them. And so I wanted to give a couple little reframes or prompts that you could use Um, depending on your coping mechanism, you can substitute it, but this is just to give you an example of, you know, the underlying connection that we're trying to perhaps extract from the coping mechanism, a way in which to talk to yourself when you are either utilizing the coping mechanism and you become aware of it, or you're about to use it, or, you, you did use it and then you realized it after and this is to really help prevent the shame spiral from taking over. So I'm going to use the ones in terms of, you know, the coping mechanisms that I've been using in this last year, but feel free to substitute out what it is that you've been using and, you know, try and find the link between like, oh, what is the coping mechanism and what might be the underlying need that this coping mechanism is trying to help me extract. So when we even start to bring that level of awareness into, it becomes, you know, it's not this black and white, good or bad thing. It's like, huh, humans are complex. Like, yeah, that makes sense that I would be trying to get that need met through this coping mechanism. Hmm. Okay. Good to know. And is there something that I could be doing in addition to this or in exchange of this? coping mechanism at this point in time that might be a little bit more supportive or a little bit more healthier for my system. Sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes the answer is no. So I'll go through the ones that have been true for me, but please feel free to substitute in what has been true for you. So let's say I just ate a bunch of chocolate. So that's a sweet. So what I would say to myself is, yep, it's true. I've been eating more sweets not because I'm weak, but because I'm desiring sweetness that has been stripped from my usual routines and relationships. I'm okay. I'm still just as worthy. 
And is there something else I can give or provide myself in addition to my favorite sweet treats that could bring some additional sweetness into my life? So that's one of them. Another one, um, drinking. So doesn't matter what kind of drinking, but drinking, which would be, yep, it's true. I've been having a few more drinks than is my usual. And this makes sense. When I'm, when I'm drinking, I'm not as bombarded with the overwhelming flood of feelings my system is experiencing. It's okay. I'm still just as worthy. And is there an emotional release my body feels safe enough to experience? Can I clear some space emotionally through crying, screaming, intense movement, gentle movement that would be supportive to my emotional world and expand my emotional capacity? Um, this is my all-time favorite uh, coping mechanism, carbs. They're my favorite. <laughs> I love them. So this statement would be, yep, it's true. I've been drawn to all the comforts of my carbs. This makes sense because the warmth of human to human connection has shifted with all the isolation, social distancing and regulations. And just because these regulations happen doesn't mean my needs for warmth and human connection magically disappear. They're still there. I still have those needs, but I don't have a way to get them met. So when I eat a glorious bowl of pasta, I feel comforted. I feel nostalgic for the times of connection with my family and friends. It's okay. I'm still just as worthy. And is there some gentle hand to body touch that I can do right now to anchor warmth and connection with myself? Is there someone I can call, text, or video chat and share my vulnerability and my feelings with that would support me in feeling more connected? Uh, the next one is uh, Netflix and social media. So this is kind of my final one. Uh, yes, it's true. I've been zoning out to Netflix or social media more than my usual. And this makes sense. The reality of life is hard and challenging for most of my days. And it makes sense that I'm drawn to get lost in another world for a while to have some relief from the challenges of current reality. It's okay. I'm still just as worthy. When I watch shows, I'm transported to another place in time that seems more pleasure-filled, connected, and inspired. What elements of these shows brings me comfort and what I like to see more in my life? And is there a way I can look for evidence of beauty and inspiration today to add more of that vibrancy to my current situation? So basically the, the formula here is acknowledging reality. Yep, it's true. I've been doing the thing. I've been doing the coping mechanism. Then we validate it. It makes sense why I'm doing that. And if you can give yourself some pretty concrete reasons why you're doing that, it'll help the brain to not fight you on that. And then we want to look, well, what's the underlying need that this coping mechanism is attempting to get met? And is there something I can do in addition to my coping mechanism that would also be expansive and supportive in getting that need met? So we're not saying you need to eradicate the coping mechanism. We're just saying, what can you do in addition to that that would be supportive to the underlying need that you have? So when we are able to really meet reality and own like our experience in reality that really leads us into a space where there is more room for grace and more space for ease 
Because when we are fighting against reality, when we are fighting against, you know, what we're actually doing, and then we're judging ourselves for what we're doing, that creates a lot of tension in the body. That creates a lot of tension in the mind. And when there's a lot of tension or gripping in the body, there isn't as much room for ease and flow. So if we want to really prepare your vessel from our ease, flow, and pleasure, part of that is getting really, really good at calling out reality, at owning what we're actually up to. So cultivating the awareness to be like, oh yeah, I'm doing the thing and call ourselves out without being judgmental. I can say, yep, I'm doing that thing today where I'm checking out of reality because reality is hard right now and I am overwhelmed. My system is taxed and I need a little break. And I'm noticing that I have this need for expansion and joy and possibility that isn't being met right now. And so it makes sense why I'm kind of slipping or exploring or playing with this coping mechanism. And is there something else that would be a little bit more supportive in, in terms of getting that need met. Because if we are able to add those things in that really support us, instead of trying to focus on moving things out, this has always been one of my really big life hacks. If you, let's, let's call it that. Instead of restriction and trying to pull things out that are quote unquote bad for you, my philosophy has always been instead of trying to clear out the bad add in more nourishment add in more good add in more things that feel nourishing vibrant and life enhancing because what happens when we start to add in more things that are life enhancing we naturally aren't as enticed and we certainly don't gravitate to some of those things that might be a little less healthy or a little less vibrant for us. And so it, it naturally helps us to find a more balanced set point. Because when we go from the point of restriction of like, you have to cut this out. Well, first of all, we're human and we're probably going to fuck that up. And we might be able to sustain that for like a couple days. And then when we fall off the bandwagon, then it's even more momentum for our inner critic to bully us. And find us in a deeper shame spiral. So if we focus on what can I add in, in addition to this, that would be supportive and nourishing and life enhancing, then we don't have to make it wrong that we have coping mechanisms. We can allow them to coexist within our experience and we can learn to dance with them in new ways, in ways that actually do empower us and do support us and where we can, you know, utilize them from time to time and then know when, okay, time's up. <laughs> I'm done watching Netflix or I'm, I'm full. I don't want to eat any more chips or like, oh, my mouth is feeling a little fuzzy. It's time to stop eating the sweets or like, I'm feeling a little tipsy time to stop drinking or whatever it is. So we end up having a little bit more connection with our own system, which is really, really important. And as we create more connection in our system and more acceptance of reality, there is more space for ease. 
there is more space for pleasure. There is more space for love. And so that brings us to the final piece today in terms of creating these environments for our supportive healing or supportive evolution and just the supportive holding container for this pocket of reality. Like this year has been tough and we want to really create space for the most loving environment to get anchored in your system, in your home, in your life to the best of your ability. And what that means is we're going to start untethering from this patriarchal and capitalistic conditioning of, you know, no pain, no gain, or it's only worth having if you've had to suffer for it, or you have to be hard on yourself for things to actually change, which isn't actually true. You don't have to be an asshole to yourself in order to inspire and activate transformational change. In fact, it's actually the opposite. So the harder you are on yourself, the harder it's going to be to sustain change long term because we're using shame. We are using guilt and we're essentially bullying ourselves into change. It's not sustainable. You might be able to keep it up for as long as you can like grip onto your reality, but in terms of long-term sustainable change, transformation, growth, and ease and pleasure, the gateway, the portal for that is an environment of love, an environment of acceptance, an environment of warmth, emotional safety, belonging, positive self-regard. So when people hear that, especially when they've been conditioned in the capitalistic patriarchal paradigm, they can easily like kind of push against that and say, well, if it's all just like love all the time, like nothing would get done, which isn't true. You know, when we're talking about these environments of warmth and unconditional positive regard, it doesn't mean we don't have backbone or boundaries because we absolutely do. There's a fierceness to it, but there's also this softening, this opening, this, this love, this warmth. And we're much more likely to stick with something long-term when we create an environment of loving and positive regard for ourselves. And it's also a lot harder to lie to yourself when in the container of warmth and love. And why we might lie to ourselves is no different than why we might lie to another person. When people lie, it's because they're afraid that if they tell the truth, love will be withdrawn and belonging will be revoked. And because we are a social species and we need each other to survive and thrive, it makes sense why you know, we might lie if we think that telling our truth will have us be you know, excommunicated from the community or if it will mean that we're kind of left out in the cold because there's a withdrawal of love. And so it makes sense when this happens in a cultural context, when it happens in an interpersonal context, that we might also, you know, take that into our own personal relationship with ourselves. They're the same reason why we might lie to ourselves, because we have this inner bully who is going to withdraw love the second that the truth is revealed. So... This is why we want to cultivate a environment of positive regard for ourselves, of loving self-acceptance. And I, I modeled that in the way that I was 
framing those statements of, yeah, it's true. I've been doing that. And you didn't like when I said that, you, you probably would have noticed that I didn't say, and that's wrong or bad or good or amazing. I didn't put any judgment on it at all. I just acknowledged what was so. I acknowledged what the reality was. The reality is this is what I've been doing. Period. No story around it. No interpretation. No meaning. Just these are the facts. I have been doing this. I have been drinking more wine than normal. I have been drinking or eating more chips than I normally do. I have been watching more Netflix than I normally would. And we leave it at that. And then we go into, this makes sense why I've been doing that. There's a good reason for that. And as you get comfortable with those words in your mind, maybe even practice them out loud to yourself, eventually over time, you're going to feel the warmth of that self-acceptance start to permeate your cells. There's going to be an opening there. There's space. There's space for you to be human. And when we create a little bit more space to be human, then we, you know, gain more courage to tell more of our truth, at least to ourselves. And we can pull some of this material that's been in our blind spot or in the shadow out into the open and work with it with the element of non-judgment, with the element of self-acceptance, positive, high self-regard. And when we're able to meet ourselves in that environment, again, we're going to make more choices that nourish us. We'll make more choices that comfort us. And we'll be constantly reminding ourselves like, hey, we're living in a pandemic right now. Shit's a little crazy. There's no right way to get through this. There's just the way that we're going to get through this. And the way we get through this is a series of choices that we're making day to day to day that include our coping mechanisms, that include our nourishing habits, and all of it is part of the pathway through. So when we stop judging ourselves so harshly, there's more space to be present. And then when we're more present, there's naturally more ease. And we're not fighting against what is, we're embracing who we are. And we're embracing that we are perfect, whole, and pleasurably complete. That we are both pristine and a complete mess. And all of that is part of who we are and everything in between. And if we've noticed that pleasure has become a little bit more challenging to access this year, first of all, normal, so, so normal. And one of the ways that we can open more space for pleasure is by embracing and making space for what is in reality. And sometimes that will provide, you know, days worth of relief. Other times it's a split second and there will be other times where it's somewhere in between and all of that would be normal as well. And when we are able to create more space to connect to, okay, what is my reality that I'm experiencing? What's going on in my body? What's going on in my emotions? What's going on in my mind? What is my relationship to this coping mechanism right now? Like I'm doing the thing, I'm doing the thing, no judgment. I'm doing the thing. And what is the underlying need that I have that isn't currently being met that I'm trying to get met? And then let's put our creative, creative hats on. Like, are there other ways that we can get that need met that we can do in tandem with our coping mechanism? 
And as we start to add in more of that goodness, we might see our relationship to that coping mechanism shift or transform in a way that allows you to expand your body, expand your mind, expand your emotions to create more space for pleasure. So we are going to wrap it there today. um, I want to keep these solo episodes between 30 minutes and an hour. Probably we'll never go over an hour for a solo episode. And uh, I'll be back next week with a holiday pleasure guide. So we'll kind of bring in a little bit more of the, the pleasure alchemy next week as we talk about the holidays and especially when we might not be going home for the holidays or our holidays might be different than maybe what we've experienced before. So I'm going to be talking about a holiday pleasure guide next week. And if you are enjoying the space here that we are cultivating and co-creating, it would mean so much to me if you subscribed and left a review on the podcast, especially if you're listening on Apple podcasts, that really helps the show become more visible and you know, for other people who want to find this education and these conversations to easily find it. So that would be so, so helpful. And if you like the episode, please share it with a friend and I will see you all next week, if not on Instagram before then. Love you friends. Bye.